We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Todd Zola. It is Monday. Uh, El Ocho, Del Mayo, Day Mayo, <laughs> Del Mayo. Anyway, let the, let the eighth be with you. Yeah, it's May eighth. People don't have any uh, cute holidays that I know about for today. Uh, it's a Monday. Got ten games that are supposed to happen. Maybe only nine will actually happen because the threat of rain and possibly tornadoes in the uh-huh. Denver area could cause the Cubs Rockies game to go away and. You know, before we started recording, Todd, uh, you were kind of lamenting the the fact that we would lose something from a game theory perspective if, in fact, we do lose the Rockies-Cubs matchup. Of course, the Cubs and Yankees played an 18-inning game at Wrigley Sunday <laughs> night, which uh, really complicates matters for the Yankees and Cubs today as both teams are on the road kicking off series. Uh, really, for the Cubs, the, the best possible thing that could happen to them is not having to play tonight. Yeah, well, they had area to schedule. The point I was making, someone something, especially because of the other platoon edge, you know, we could have been sure that it was a Montero game, and you can fairly certainly click in Montero at catcher. Sometimes you get that edge using a, a player at a, at a late game when lineup lock isn't out, especially in tournament play. So it's still, uh, considering we're talking a tournament, you know, if you using Montero at catcher against Sensatella is still an interesting tournament play, but this isn't. This this looks more than it might not play. This looks like it really might not play. So I don't think I'm going to go down that road. Yeah, I, I'm probably not going to have a lot uh, built around that Coors game <laughs> as a result of this either, kind of looking in the mindset that it's canceled. And if it's not, then we can make some adjustments uh, pre-lock to take advantage accordingly. But I feel like the, the value uh, is really on the Colorado side. You know, Arietta's going for the Cubs, but he hasn't pitched that well. Uh, he pinch hit last night, so it's not like he's been sitting in Colorado for an extra day or two, uh, mm-hmm. getting used to the altitude and preparing for the start. He he was 
with his teammates. So uh, I think that kind of works against him uh, as well. And Colorado, I believe, was home all weekend, too. So it's not the first game back yep. at Coors for them. Yep. Uh, so I imagine that's where the interest will be if that game uh, goes off. Now, if you look at the FanDuel pricing for today, it's Jake DeGrom kind of off on his own with a five-figure price tag, 10700 uh, you mm-hmm. get four pitchers in the $9,000 range, Stroman, Tanaka, and Martinez between ninety two and 9500 respectively. Uh, two of them are on the road, Martinez and Tanaka. Stroman's at home against the Indians, which we don't really like. Plus, he left with general soreness in his last start. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes down to this. Is, is it a play or fade on Jake DeGrom tonight, Todd? I mean, in cash especially, I'm not seeing a lot that I like near the top of the price list that I would actually consider in his place. Yeah, he's my cash guy, no doubt tonight. There's a there are there are a few actually you know, on a on a shorter slate. There are a couple of interesting uh, GPP plays, but yeah, cash. It's Degrom. San Francisco not hitting very well. Their already depleted outfield is more depleted. So uh, I see no issue at all using Jacob Degrom in cash, even at that price. There's soft enough pricing elsewhere to find some hitters. Absolutely. Now, if you're thinking more in terms of tournaments, and a lot of the listeners out there do, and I certainly play mm-hmm. my share of tournaments as well. Is Carlos Martinez against Miami a good enough spot where you know he's, he's road, so maybe that makes him a little lower owned. Miami has a, a good offense that can do some damage, but Martinez, when he's pitching well, can quite a good offense. And uh, you know, you, you kind of look at that as a, a win probability thing that might be pretty good too. The Cardinals are road favorites at minus one twenty five since uh, Adam Conley has the ball for the Marlins. So where would you go? in GPPs, either to the next trio in the 9,000 range, or do you go a bit cheaper than that before you start to find a pitcher you like for tournaments? I don't know if we're jumping the gun here, but uh, you, since, you talk, since you talked about Martinez, I'm probably going to, I mean, I don't mind going at all to Adam Conley. The, uh, the Cardinals are weak, they're anemic against lefty pitching. Now, granted, Conley's not a very good lefty pitcher, but on a, on a, on a shorter slate, I kind of like to take these these chances of, of this nature and it's even shorter without the Colorado game and it takes those bats out of, out of play I, I don't mind at all going for Conley now uh, Martinez this is sort of a hedge game you could do a one lineup with each but if I'm if I'm just doing one GPP go for it lineup I'm going Conley and sticks interesting I, I don't think Conley cracked my top five pitchers when I was working on the the XM uh, slate look, kind of breakdown for, for look this what St. Louis does against lefties. It's, it's, in, it's in, bad. It's very it's bad. bad. <laughs> it's 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 not as bad as what the Royals do against yeah. lefties. And Blake Snell, I mean, maybe it's because I have him in our AL only league, but I, I'm always nervous about Blake Snell, even if the matchup looks great. And this matchup looks great. The Royals mm-hmm. are, are bad overall offensively. They're the worst team in, in the big leagues and just overall Loba, right. but they're the worst by far against lefties too. And they strike out more against lefties than they do against righties, at least when they've faced lefties this year, which in fairness isn't a lot. I mean, are we at a point where you really can buy all the way into a team's struggles or success against left-handed pitching since it's so early no. in the year still? Yeah, that's the thing. Lefty, the, the slice of data against left-handed pitching is so small. Besides, if you take a look at the schedule, some of these some of these teams – don't face lefties for five, six, seven days. Now, that actually can be an advantage, I think, at times. Especially, you know, you mentioned the Royals. There, you know, other than other than Kane, their uh, their strength is from the left side. With well, I don't want to use Gordon, <laughs> but uh, with uh, Mustakis and, and, and Theory Hosmer. But the um, 
Snell is just it's just the walks. He gets he's his own worst enemy. Uh, you know, the other side of that matchup, Nate Carnes is another is a, is a, is a good play with all the strikeouts in Tampa. Tampa's weird. Some teams, you know, you mentioned strikeouts against lefties. Some teams strike out more against one side than the other. Tampa strikes out against everybody this year. So, you know, you don't have to you don't have to try to remember when to use Tampa or when to use the pitcher against them. You can use, you know, any pitcher against them because they're striking out left and right. So Carnes is another interesting, interesting play, especially, you know, you, you know, the, the whole game theory aspect. The two pitchers you came up with were the two that I'm going that I came up with on the other end, which just tells you on ownership levels, you know, there there's a good chance. I don't want to say we're both right, but that's the point being. That's what you look for in GPP are sort of contrary things. So if if, if you feel people will be on Snell, I feel people will be on Carnes, their respective ownerships will be relatively low, which is hard to find on a, on a smaller slate. Right, and I think it's going to be you know a good concentration of DeGrom and Cash, even a fair amount of DeGrom in, in GPPs if yeah. the Brewers game is not going to happen because the, the best case for not using DeGrom is – exposure to Coors. If there's no Coors, then you kind of recycle back to the top of the board. Uh, Karn Snell, I think, can be a a pretty chalky GPP mindset, but I wonder if the ownership gets split up kind of evenly between those two. Uh, Trevor Cahill, 7.5 is the over-under in San Diego. It's the same as the over-under in Tampa for Karns and Snell. Nick Martinez has the ball for the Rangers. Uh, One of the listeners of the XM show uh, threw... Martinez's name out there as a, a value play for tonight. I just I couldn't I couldn't justify it. I know the Padres strike out a lot uh, in San Diego, of course, as we know it just it destroys left-handed power. But I couldn't come to a conclusion where I felt good about Nick Martinez as the cheap pitcher that you could use for GPPs. Well, you can almost I don't want to say throw it out the window, but you can almost throw analysis out the window at GPP at forty five hundred dollars. You can stick in almost any bat that you want. The problem, however, is on this slate, unless you want to go Washington against Gaussman, which is perfectly reasonable, I don't know that you need to go that cheap on pitching to fit in the hitters, especially with cores out of the question. I think you can get a, a pretty decent array of expensive bats or good bats without having to go down to Martinez. So maybe on a different slate I, I may agree and if that if that's how he's looking to get complete differentiation okay sure but i you know that's part of the gpp you, you, I, i'm a model guy i plug this thing into my model he doesn't come up very high well that might be a reason to use him in a gpp you can't you know you can come up with a narrative over the model where it works i love narrative it's always <laughs> it's always good um alex wood is now going to start today yeah. to the Dodgers. It was previously Brandon McCarthy. He gets a home start against the Pirates, and um, I'm a, a bit curious. I mean, Trevor Williams is going for Pittsburgh. It's a, it's a matchup that you have to like Dodgers bats in. We'll talk about them, at least for cash. GPPs, mm-hmm. they might be a bit chalky, but Alex Wood as an option against the Pirates, does the model like him in tournaments, even though he rarely gets deep into his starts? Like I, I have a hard time envisioning a scenario in which Alex Wood throws more than like 95 pitches. So with that, yeah. it's pretty surprising if he gets through more than six innings. Yeah, Pittsburgh's tough because, I mean, part of using these models, I mean, again, it's against a lefty, and recently Pittsburgh has fared poorly against lefties, but if you sort of – I kind of use a rolling year's worth of data to get some more in, but of course I'm bringing in, at this point, five months of a different team. 
Uh, they don't have Marte, obviously. So yeah, it, it GPP. I don't mind Wood. It's I kind of I look at the bullpen too, because when you're not racking up those K's in innings, you try not to worry about the win. But and, you know, it, it it it's important when you can't count on whiffs and you can't count on innings. And Los Angeles does have the bullpen necessary to uh, to back up Wood and get the win and, and keep that in the, keep that in house. That's one reason I kind of like. Uh, Miami the, a little bit, even though they're not a known bullpen. The Marlins bullpen's pretty good, which to me helps out Connolly a bit, a little bit more than I trust the the uh, the Tampa bullpen at this point with um, with Snell. But anyway, sure. I mean, I, Wood isn't my. There's guys I like more, but I'm not going to argue anybody who likes Alex Wood and GPP. But then one one last pitching related question before we move on to the bats. I mean, where are you at right now with with Trevor Cahill and what he's shown us through his first five starts? Well over a strikeout per inning doing it with control, keeping the ball in the park so far. Uh, do you think this is legit? I mean, there seems to be a lot more yeah. strikeout upside here than I had thought was even possible coming into the year. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm buying into Cahill. Um, you know, there's so many pitchers <laughs> so many pitchers that are changing. I forget the exact aspect of what it is I like about Cahill. Um, I know, you know, for, I, I know Matt Cain is using his two-seamer more than his four-seamer. I forget what it is about Cahill that I like. Uh, I just I his strikeouts are, are backed by a higher swinging strike, which is good. I don't know whether I don't I I don't think he'll keep 11 Ks per nine going. I do like him against Texas without the without the designated hitter. They're shorter designated hitter. Uh, it doesn't mean they're sitting like a David Ortiz or anything. But any time that a strong American League team goes to a National League Park, I do like that. So Cahill Cahill is sort of my if there's such a thing as a pivot in cash, he would be it. Although that's you know definition of cash is usually best guy. If for some reason Degrom doesn't pitch, he's a Yank. He's he's a Met. I guess there's a fifty fifty chance he doesn't happen. Then uh, then Cahill would be my guy. Right, he might be suspended <laughs> for reasons we won't find out about, or he yeah. might just break for no reason. But the the rolling past calendar year stats that I like to look at for starting pitching. I mean, they love Degrom compared to the field, and and yep. it's understandable just given that it's a lot of. Back end type yeah. starters. The thing uh, that you mentioned, go. you mentioned Degrom for tournaments. The only problem I have is San Francisco doesn't strike out that much, and at that price, I mean, I I, I want strikeouts, um, uh, so I, I don't care as much about him in cash. I want innings and stability in cash. I don't know that he has a strikeout upside against the Giants to use in a in a tournament. At, at, but you know, I do think he's the safest player on the board tonight. Does that make Tanaka kind of like a contrarian GPP play because his K rate's a little bit low for a higher-end pitcher, but Cincinnati, you know, they, they've got some swing and miss in the lineup, not a, a ton. It's the hitter-friendly environment for home runs, but not for runs overall. And somehow, he almost feels like the forgotten good yep. arm going tonight. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it kind of, Cincinnati sort of mirrors his own you know, Yankee Stadium in that regard, it's giving up homers but not giving up a lot of runs because the fly balls are caught. The Yankees are scoring left and right. There's another situation. I, I'd almost want to wait to see what lineup comes out. And if not that the Yankees have a ton of reserves that they can use, I'd almost want to make uh, see what they're using for for in the outfield, especially because that's where their strength is with the with Ellsbury and, and Gardner both swinging the bat pretty well to see what they're going in that regard against. You know, you'd like them in there against rookie Davis. So if, if Yankees are going with their regular lineup, I don't mind them at all uh, against you know, using Tanaka. So that would be a, that would to me, that's sort of a wait for the lineup to come out call. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Strowman, if I didn't make it clear before, yeah. he's just an absolute wait and see <laughs> for uh, for DFS. I mean, he left his last yeah. start with general arm soreness after three innings. I don't like that at all. And he's home against Cleveland. Indians can put plenty of runs on the board. Why even risk it uh, at that point? Yeah. Uh, as far as the bats go, stack-wise, who do you think is the most stackable offense, or at least which which pitcher are you trying to pick on the most? I mean, you mentioned the Nats as a possible pricey stack or a pricey group before, over-unders nine. Gossman's been bad. Um, and I can't, I can't quite diagnose Gossman, but that game and Yankees-Reds have the two highest over-unders on the board. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I would go. And, and the, the caveat with the Yankees is, of course, the, the lineup. What, what are they going to put out there with having played 18 innings last night? I mean, some, you know, the fact that they won probably helps a bit. <laughs> it helps your, helps your psyche a bit anyway. Uh, so that, that would be, uh, that's where I would, that is where I would want to go. The, um, the Yankees against rookie Davis and the, in Washington. Yeah, Gosman, you mentioned, it, it's hard to figure. His velocity is fine. His pitch, I mean, everything, everything, line drive rate, hard hit rate, everything is fine except walks and, well, throwing strikes. He can't locate. He can't throw strikes. Is that, uh, is he tipping pitches? Is it mechanical? I don't know. I'd like to think if it's mechanical, they can fix it. So, uh, you know, this is DFS. It's not like you can sit on him. You just don't start him. But the second I see more, you know, it's in DFS. The second I see a game where he's back up to 65% strikes, I'm using him because he's going to be priced low. This is not that. This this is not that game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no need to be that far ahead of the curve yeah, because even yeah, if he has one yeah. good start, some ownership will creep up, but not enough to the point yeah. where you know yeah. you're going to be missing out. Yeah. Um, this 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 is not that game. Yeah, um, it is tough. This is a night where. I don't know that I go a full-on stack. I look for either, you know, mini stacks of a pair of players. Uh, you know, on, on, on FanDuel, you're kind of limited, you know, to, to four anyway. So it's not as if you can go go all out. But this is I'll, – I'll look for pairs of hitters tonight and not necessarily try to go three or four in one team. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I want some exposure to Yankees-Reds. Mm -hmm. uh, at least some exposure to Trevor Williams with Dodgers. Yeah, and then from there it is kind of more of like a, a mix and match. You know, where where am I getting value? What are my needs? Um, and and the key is going to be just seeing what that Yankees lineup looks like because yeah, the, yeah. a lot of the value I think is going to hinge on just how cheap they go, how many backups they tuck in. Yeah, the Dodgers is a good call because it's probably going to be a bullpen brigade, a Bucks bullpen brigade. Alliteration is so much easier to write than it is to say. Bucks a Bucks bullpen, bullpen brigade. brigade. Yes. Yeah. I got it. I got okay. this one. All right. Let's go position by position. Talk yeah. about some players we like from a value standpoint uh, on FanDuel. Uh, if he's in the lineup, and we'll know probably by the time people are listening, uh, if Gary Sanchez is in, there's a pretty clear case to be made to use him uh, going <laughs> up against rookie Davis uh, in yep. Cincinnati today. Uh, the other catcher I was thinking about is uh, Jonathan Lucroy against Cahill, but I, I think I like Cahill enough where I'm probably – more likely to use Cahill in a tournament than I am to make Luke Croy my catcher. Yeah, Luke Croy's at that point where you know he's going to bounce back. He's hitting down in the order, uh, and actually he's in an NL park, so we're not exactly sure if he's sitting eighth. That would be weird. You walk, you know. I think you do walk him if he's sitting eighth. Let's see where they let's see where they sit him. I know I mentioned Conley before, but I don't mind using Yadi 
at three grand against Conley with the with the platoon edge, and he hits a little bit higher in the order than a lot of catchers. So I don't mind using Yadier Molina uh, this evening. But the other one, I mean, if it wasn't for the rain, you got you know you got the Miguel Montero against Sensatella matchup there because you're pretty sure he's going to play. Short of that, there's not not a ton not a ton out there. For the value, you just if you want to pay for a good man, well, maybe maybe Salvador Perez against Blake Snell at twenty nine hundred. I'd I'd go Grandal, I think, over Lucroy. The more I think about it, I, I like Grandal today uh, as part of a, a Dodgers combo, if not a full Dodgers stack, because it's a question of you know Bellinger and Seager. Can you play all three with Grandal? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. maybe not. Like I think Grandal's in the mix though too, because he's very fairly priced uh, at twenty nine hundred. <laughs> Uh, looking at first base, of course, plenty of, of quality options there, even on a, a 10 or even a 9-game slate if Colorado <laughs> gets rained out. Uh, Encarnacion, if you want narrative, Edwin Encarnacion is going <laughs> back to Toronto. It's Marcus Stroman today. We know Stroman gets a lot of ground balls. The price is down at 3100 I think the thing that's really encouraging, if you're at least thinking about him in GPPs, over the weekend, no strikeouts, a couple of walks, yeah. at least one hit in each of those three games in Kansas City, Maybe after a brutal April, Edwin Encarnacion is starting to settle in a little bit. Yeah, as long as the parrot has his passport in order, I think that's fine. That you know that that's to me as a GPP play. Um, mentioned mentioned Gosman before. I like you know the whole you know Ryan Zimmerman's on fire. He, it's the same handedness, but Adam Lind will probably be DHing. So at, at three thousand, Adam leaned against Kevin Gosman. And you know, Lynn's familiar with 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 the uh, not that you need to be familiar with Camden Yards to hit well there, because I think you and I can hit well there. But he uh, he has been in the in the ballpark before. So Lynn is a is a player I'm looking at to go against Gosman as well at first base. Yeah, I do like Adam Lynn tonight. Uh, you know, Votto against Tanaka has got a well, GPP yeah, twist yeah. to it, but 4500 is a lot for a GPP contrarian sort of move. So I wouldn't well, wouldn't go quite that far. If you yeah, if you're using one of the cheaper pitchers, that's that's you don't have to be chalk every. I'm sorry, you don't have to be contrarian everywhere. So if you're using one of the cheaper pitches, pitches pitchers, you can use a Votto and take you know the home run, the home run aspect of Tanaka. Like we said, he may not give up eight runs, he may give up three runs, but two of them may be on home runs to Votto. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving over to second base, and it's amazing if you, if you can call that like two home runs, two solo homers to to Votto, and you've got Votto, you know things are. <laughs> are going really well. Yeah, uh, but Neil Walker smashed lefties last year and that's yeah. an outlier for him. Right, exactly. He's 3200. City Field boosts up power for right-handed hitters and Matt Moore is a train wreck away from San Francisco. The sign, the pieces are there. The the indicators kind of point towards Neil Walker, you know, if if, if last year is any indication that he's done some things on the right side of the plate that are at all sustainable that he'd be kind of useful at 3,200 tonight. Yeah, I just realized I'm going to have to rely on you for prices because I, I did my work, but I didn't dump in today's prices. You got me as a as a last-minute fill-in, so I looked at the – I just I forgot to dump in today's prices. So I'm going to re- – don't listen to my prices. Listen to DVR's prices, but my analysis is okay. Yeah, uh, I like Walker uh, a lot in this uh, – in this. Uh, I, I, it's because it's Matt Moore. If it was against a different lefty, I, I don't like necessarily like him a lot, but I'm not – if people are worried about the the historical success against lefties, and it happened to be better last year, I'm okay with Walker. There's a couple other guys 
Actually, Walker's probably a decent cash play. There's just not a lot out there at second base tonight, even with my wrong prices. Oh, it's, to, it's, to it's ugly. I mean, Devin yeah. Travis is 2,100. I, I keep yeah. waiting for the big turnaround from him. Uh, just one hit over the three games in Tampa Bay. They, they keep trotting him out there. And, right. and at that price, that opens up a lot of flexibility elsewhere. If you are paying up for DeGrom or one of those $9,000 pitchers, you know, a yeah. $2,100 Devin Travis at a position that's pretty light really kind of offsets that. Yeah, in cash, I don't like it as well. Power will walk people, which which helps. It kind of gives you a, gives you a floor. Travis isn't overly patient, but he probably will be hitting down at the bottom of the order. You know, I wish I wish I didn't have to choose between Solarte and Schimpf against against Martinez. Talking back to Texas again, that you know that's not a terrible little mini stack or, or stack is, is out there in San Diego going against Nick Martinez with Solarte and Schimpf. You can only use one of them. Uh, and the other, I don't know if it'll be chalk or not. We talked Cahill a little bit, but I think people will be on Rugnet Odor out in there and, and that game on the other side. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe it would make sense to just pay the premium uh, for Daniel Murphy and just, maybe. just make him exactly. one of your yeah. building blocks tonight that you yeah. do pay up for because yeah. second base is, is so thin. Uh, looking over at third base now, I mean, Wilmer Flores against the lefty is yeah. like the most popular chalky DFS platoon play <laughs> that, that we have. Um, I don't hate it today. I mean, at 2300 for right. the reasons that I mentioned with Walker, of the two, I, I like Flores better because he's even cheaper, uh, but I expect pretty high ownership rates. Yeah, no, uh, I, you know, I'll be, you know <laughs> he, he's, he's who I had is, is one of my green lights anyway, so that tells you how much he's chalky. He's got enough patience to take care of more, to take advantage of more in, you know, for, the, for the potential wildness. So he's on the list. You mentioned um, exposure to Trevor Williams. I don't mind Justin Turner. It's a little bit higher price. I don't mind Justin Turner at all, though. Yeah, I do expect some bullpens to come in. I'll, Turner hits a bit a bit better against lefties. He's obviously can hit against anybody. I don't mind him. And if you like to play the, you know, the sneaky I want to steal sort of game, we talked to Grom. Grom, like most Mets, don't hold runners on very much. So if you can get Eduardo Nunez in there at a cheap price, eh, I don't, you know, I don't like to use steals as sort of a something in dfs but at that price one bag he gets his value what uh what have you been doing overall with christian arroyo i mean he's got Degrom tonight so maybe he's not in play tonight outside of some gpp crazy contrarian call but <laughs> i i feel like i'm underestimating him skills wise or i'm getting tricked and and not really i don't know i, I just feel like i'm not adjusting properly on what Christian Arroyo is doing for the Giants. Well, he's one. He, we've, we've seen. I don't want to compare him to Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor, but we have seen a few players of that you know ilk, that position, come up and hit for more power, Trey Turner, than they did when they were in the minors. And that's you know I you know I come out forget DFS when when he comes out, I analyze them. It's like. You know, I, I love Arroyo as, as an AT&T hitter because he's a, he's a gap hitter. He's going to take advantage of, you know, he's going to hit balls that roll to the wall all day long. And what he's doing, he's putting balls over the fence. So, uh, you know, well, you were wrong, but I'm glad you were wrong because he's hitting homers. You know, I keep, he's not going to keep hitting homers. Oh, he hit another homer. So, to me, he's still I, – I don't mind him in a, in a San Francisco stack, the, the, the rare times that I'll actually do that. But I think we have to be a little bit careful about the power – especially in that park. It just it won't sustain. On the other hand, he's young enough, and I think he's still projectable, where he's going to grow into the frame a little bit, and I think he will develop more power. But what's he hit so far? Three or four? And yeah, that, I think three so far, yeah. Yeah, and I would have projected that. I know two are early, but I would have projected, you know, I would have if he was up for the whole season, I probably would have projected eight 
you know? So it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, he'll run into some, but I think don't get overboard. I, I like him in a stack or I like him in a cash play with the contact. If he's in a good situation tonight, eh, not so much, but in general, uh, and it's weird too. I don't know if you've noticed, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think the sites are less aggressive pricing rookies this year. Maybe maybe he doesn't have the the uh, the pedigree that some of these other rookies. But usually when rookies come up, you just laugh because you know they're just priced so high. He was sort of priced reasonably from the get go. Yeah, it took Cody Bellinger a long time to get priced up at a level where it's yeah. not just an auto. Well, that's play. a perfect example. Last year he would have come up at forty eight hundred. <laughs> he definitely would have. Uh, at short, for me, it's all about Corey Seager. 3,800, yep. I mean, yep. home against Trevor Williams. If you're going to go anywhere else at short, maybe to get away from Seager because of high ownership concerns, uh, where would you go? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you wouldn't. Maybe you just, just do it. Yeah, no, Um, I, I guess. I mean, we, we, we talked, you know, for whatever reason, Brad Miller still has shortstop eligibility unless they've changed it since I downloaded the prices over the weekend. No, it should still but, uh, be in there. Yeah, yeah. He's, if he's still shortstop against Carnes. I don't hate that very much. I don't hate that at all. Um, and I suppose, I suppose you go with Trey Turner against Gosman. You don't have to worry about the the platoon at that point. Um, a lot of the good shorts. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. There is one. It, the, the game has to play. But give me Didi against give me Didi Gregorius against Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis is a swerve. There you go. It's also that has to play. Uh, the game it, will play. He has to play. Yeah, he has to be in there. It's uh, a revenge game night. for Didi too. Well, to, to, you know, revenge against last night's stats too. Didn't he have? Wasn't he one of the guys that took an over two games? He had like an over eight or over yeah, nine. I think he may have been. So yeah, if, if he's not exhausted from that, then he can <laughs> maybe uh, deliver. I mean, I guess Tulo against Bowers kind of interesting if Tulo is in there, but I haven't seen anything indicating for sure that he is. So I yeah. hold off on on him. Diaz uh, against Conley does isn't terrible. No, I, I like Diaz against lefties. I mean, it's not a great yeah. environment, but it's it's good right. enough on a night like tonight to consider. Cody Bellinger is still cheap, though, Todd. He's 3300 Uh Whether you're stacking Dodgers or not, he's got to be at least a consideration at that price. Uh, it's really just, is it cash versus GPP, where in cash, no problem, but in GPP, you at least think twice about it because the outfield usually has so much depth. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, we're you know, mixing apples and oranges here. I do some work for our friends in ESPN, and I can't believe that he's not owned in 50% of ESPN leagues yet. It's weird. The hype, he's just, for whatever reason, people are not as excited about rookies as they once were, which blows my mind because I expected it to be huge. And in fact, you know, taking advantage of that. Yeah, I think Bellinger, you know, the, I think in the DFS uh, field anyway, people know about him so it is he he will be fairly chalky but again on, on a night like tonight if you really 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 like him and you use one of those cheaper pitchers there's plenty of other places to get differentiation the guy's starting to run too like we needed something else to be cheering on he's running a little bit we knew he could but he's running a little bit too yeah and if you look at the expected run output for teams i think the dodgers are, are pretty high tonight i think the yeah. yankees are one of like two or three teams that are a tick higher, but it's a, it's a pretty short list. Uh, looking for some other options in the outfield. I mean, uh, Jock Peterson, uh, he's he's cheap, assuming he's in there, and he should be against a righty. He's only 2900 so maybe another way to get some exposure to Trevor Williams at a very affordable price. Uh, you look at Chris Davis in Oakland. He's only 3400 yeah. going up against Ricky Nolasco. Kind of like that a little bit. Uh, what else do you like in the outfield? Uh 
If you're looking for the GPP swing, I don't mind Scott Skebler against Tanaka. We mentioned the home run uh, possibility there. We sort of alluded to Ellsbury and Gardner against rookie Davis as well. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Peterson, and you know I, I you know here I'm saying Tanaka's a, a decent play, and here I'm about to mention Adam Duval. I know it's right on right, but sometimes we you know we sort of categorically dismiss right on right, left on left when we shouldn't. Oh, Duval hits homers. Tanaka gives up homers. So the price is up a little bit, but still, it's it, it's an interesting area to get a little bit of differentiation if you want to go that route. Yeah, it's a it's a shade high. I kind of like Randall Gritchick going up against Conley. That's that's why I don't like Conley. There's enough there's enough little pieces I like from the Cardinals. Yeah. Aside from Conley's own shortcomings, where I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I like the hitters a little more than I like the arm in this case. What about uh, what about Soler who's back against Blake Snell? Yeah, that might be that might be reasonably low. And Solaire's disappointed enough people for long oh, enough where I don't yeah. think there's going to be a, a rush to use out him. of sight, out of mind. Twenty five hundred, only been back for a couple games, so that's, yeah, that's kind of a GPP option. I think uh, should be near the heart of that lineup that doesn't hit much and is often uh, kind of targeted with opposing pitchers, as we discussed earlier. Yeah, another another play. And he needs to be in the lineup, and I, I'm not exactly sure what the Mets are doing, but they just brought up Justin Ruggiano, and going against Matt Moore, that could be an interesting play. Yeah, I, I, want, I would think they would if they brought him up, they would almost certainly use him because he's got yeah. a, a good track record of handling against lefties. Yeah. Lefties, yeah. So kind of wait and see uh, where he ends up being. In the lineup, I mean, well, no, Ruggiano's with the Giants, so he'd be with the Giants. I, I had that backwards. Yes, uh, so yes. he won't play. And, he probably won't play today, or if no, he does, right. you don't want to use him. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, like I said, my I did did nine tenths of my homework, but um, I, I had a little note next to him, and it wasn't this game. It was to uh, sort of my general DFS tablet, you know, note keeping to keep an eye on him when they go and gets lefties because he was just brought up, and San Francisco is just they're just cycling through. Flotsam and Jetsam to see what sticks, and uh, who knows, maybe he's the next next guy to stick. Yeah, and it's just the kind of thing where he could also pop up a little higher in the order than you'd expect, too. For all the, the left-handed bats, the Mets would want to cycle in and out. I think that's what also uh, adds to the appeal of the Giants, rather. They, they just don't have... Right. Yeah, now no, I'm flipping them, but the Giants are so thin in the outfield right now. When they're on the road, too, and there's a park boost, that would also add to the appeal for a guy like Ruggiano. I think people are just going to overlook the Giants' offense as a whole because yeah. it's underperforming. We talked about that on our season-long pod. It was definitely a concern coming into the year, but it's been worse than we expected, I think, in part because <laughs> of health. Yeah, yeah, they let go. You know, they This is how desperate they are. They let go of Drew, Strub, Drew, Drew Stubbs to bring in Ruggiano. Yikes. <laughs> just yikes. <laughs> Baseball fans, FanDuel is back, and it's better than ever. It's fantasy baseball for everyday fans. New contests starting every day. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New for this year, they've got the late swap contest. You can edit your players right up to the start of their individual game. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or weather issues. Uh, Non-late swap contests are still available as well. The updated scoring includes quality starts, so you don't have to win hunt quite the same way Mm -hmm. you used to. Uh, and friends mode is out there too. You can create a league for your friends. Choose the days you play each week. Contests are created automatically. Plus, a leaderboard will keep track of how you all do against each other. Uh, I'm trying to have a, a Vlad Settler kind of night. It uh, hasn't happened for me. Talk about a heater. The yeah, man's the on man. a heater. He crushed it on Friday. Just a monster performance from Vlad. So, congrats to him. 
Uh, have all that fantasy baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today and you get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire plus five free entries up to $50 in value. Try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash RW. Todd, thanks for jumping in and pitch hitting today for Mario and uh, look forward to doing the season-long pod with you at, uh, coming up on Wednesday. Yep, looking forward to it too, Derek. Uh, good luck on the uh, leaderboard tonight. All right, you two. Thanks for listening to the Roadwire DFS pod. Joe and Todd are back with you for Tuesday. <laughs>